All right. Welcome to the We Shape podcast. Connor just told me this was episode 11. 11 is my lucky number, so we better make it mm. good. We don't have a guest today, but sometimes I'm like okay that we don't have a guest because I feel like the three of us need to like catch up a little, yeah. even though I love having guests and having Marilyn uh, last episode was incredible, yeah, although post that episode my anxiety was 11 it's down to a 10 now so we're, we're doing better but I didn't realize how debilitatingly anxious I would get after just being like I've had plastic surgery blah 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 like I was like I don't know if I want it but I know I needed to share <laughs> but it feels really vulnerable to put yourself out there and people are so mean online that you, mm. whenever you do that it's not like it's not like you do that and then are surprised you do that knowing that people are going to be mean to you right so yeah. it's not like this big after the the fact thing that's a surprise oh my god wait what we got negative comments um but anyway i'm glad i shared but i feel like you know it's important to to be honest and um i think again what i had said last time i really hope that we can all offer a space of like non-judgment for one another yeah um, not that people should do plastic surgery, not that people shouldn't do that. Um, and it was funny, Nina, because you asked me, you said, I'm curious, and maybe we even talked about this last week, I don't remember. But you were like, would you do that now because you made those decisions like in a different yeah, like mental state? You know, like today you believe in different things. And it's. I feel like I still can't answer that question. I don't know why. Um, it's too hard to go through an experience and then say you would like change your mind because you've had the experience, right? If you never had the experience, well, you wouldn't be jaded by the difficulty of it and you know some of the well, consequences. I, I was talking with someone and like I feel like lately I've just had so many unpopular opinions, that it, like, <laughs> but it's just my truth and I just need to like express it. But um, I think that part of the reason, I mean, all those things that I had done were as a result of like something that I felt like a child had done to my body, right? And if I'm being really honest, when I, I was talking to a friend about this because she's like, well, when I was like thinking about, well, why I made those choices, I feel like when I became a mom, I was like, wait, what? This is what I'm going to do? And I felt like I can openly say that I chose to have children out of a construct that I was in where I was participating in a subconscious belief system that what I was supposed to do was get married and have children, mm. right? Not that I regret having children, but it's wild to go into a parenting journey out of a construct through kind of like your subconscious of like what you find worth in yourself through versus eyes wide open. And I mean, I mean, going into parenthood for the first time, you're never eyes wide open anyway, but it to me it was like, Oh my God. And then like as the years unfolded, I really started to think to myself, like I want to communicate to my daughters that they can do anything they want in life. And if they want to have kids and get married, I'm, a, I'm available. But those aren't your only two options. There's like a million things you can do. There's like 998,000 other things you can do. And I feel like when I made a choice to get married and have kids, I literally was like, that's the prize. Get that prize. And so when I when I became a mom, it kind of hit me like a ton of bricks. Like there was a lot of ways that I felt like I wasn't really cut out for this. And um, again, they're some of the greatest gifts I've ever had and I have no regrets. But I feel like my decision to like take back my body and be like, no, <laughs> was like a means of like control because I was like, I feel like my life was like spinning out of control when I had a child. Like, did I really want this? Why am I doing this? Who told me to do this? Like, um, so I yeah. think it's important to ask yourself difficult questions like that. And just, you know, as the as the the man in the group here, I think it's incredibly unfair that when little boys are little boys, what are we told? You can do anything. You can grow up and be anything and do anything. And I think that that narrative is, you know, some people propagate that towards their little girls, but there's always a layer over it. Like, who are you going to marry? Are you going to have kids? Are you going to do this? And it's really hard to sit back and just let them grow up and, and make decisions from a place of connected to themselves. What do I really want to do? What do I how do I want my life to look? Rather than... Um, hey, this is what society says we should be doing, and that means you should do that. And if you're not like that, then I'm going to withhold love 
to make you want to do that because it makes me feel uncomfortable, right? So Yeah, I mean, it kind of goes back to what I was saying about the plastic surgery conversation we had last week. It was like, it's not about saying, I don't think people should get married and have kids. Yeah. I think it's about, and I don't think people should have plastic surgery or not. It's about going in eyes wide open and being true to yourself and checking in with yourself to see like, am I making these decisions based out of a construct or am I making these decisions based out of what I need for me? Mm. And I think that like that even goes back to all the things that we talk about here. Are you buying that fitness product because you wanna lose weight because society tells you you have to look that way or because you wanna do, like it, it, I think it can get really confusing. And I, and I don't know that we ever fully unwind it because we are so ingrained in our society. But I do think that when I look back on those times, I'm like, yeah, I felt like, uh, not rebellious, but almost like, okay, I'll cave to all the other m- mothering requests, but uh, you're gonna put my stomach back together. Like, I'm not, I'm not caving to that one. You know, it was a little bit of like, I feel that a little bit. Yeah. But um, I mean, I guess I appreciate everyone. I appreciate everyone on this team here for sure. And all the people who listen to us and care what we're doing. Um, and I just can't, run my life and like hold a narrative together and a story together based on what people want me to do. Like I just, I don't even have the energy for that anymore. I don't know if that's an age thing. I don't, I'm like, if, if you don't like the stuff that we're talking about, it's totally okay. You guess what? You don't have to listen to it. Like yeah. there's millions of people who produce content and have discussions and it's okay that we all make different choices. It's okay that we all don't agree on everything. Um, I'm just trying to provide a platform for people to say, wait, pause do you want to be doing what you're doing? Do you, we're giving permission for women and, um, and men too to not have to look a certain way and do a certain thing. And we're just trying to, pervade, to provide a space of non-judgment and acceptance in a way that I feel like maybe other health and fitness companies have not. Yeah, I, I think that's huge. I mean, when we started this podcast, the whole goal was how do we just open up a conversation about what's happening in society the way people are showing up for themselves out of self-judgment rather than self-care. How do we just open up that conversation to bring more awareness to why people are doing things so they can have more intention as to why they're doing things? And I think that, you know, you've touched on this a bunch of times, but it's certainly skewed towards um, keeping women small and making sure that that women uh, feel like they have to look a certain way, right? Because I think I'm in the past, right? Why did why did women have to look a certain way? Because they needed to have a husband to provide for them and all this other stuff, right? And that's not necessarily the case now, right? Everybody has the opportunity to do whatever they want. And yeah. I think it's important that everybody takes a moment to check in with themselves and say, what is the life that I wanna live, right? I, I talk about this all the time, and I know you guys hate the whole mortality thing, but I think that I think that contemplating death is one of the best ways to make good decisions on a day-to-day basis, because you just end up going, hey, if, if this isn't, um, if I'm not here forever, then I better make some good decisions now, because if I don't, it's just gonna disappear from under me. You yeah, know? I mean, I think it all goes back to just choices, but like, evaluating your intention and where those choices came from and going, huh, I'm making that choice because I think I've been believing this thing that society has told me or my parents have told me or my friends have told me. I was even laughing (laughs) with my, you know, I'm talking about my good friend. We were in her hot tub. She's been divorced for years. Um, And, you know, she's dated and stuff. And we were in her hot tub a couple weeks ago. And I, I looked at her and I had this moment and I said, girl, do you really think you want a man moving in this house with you? Like all his stuff and like, (laughs) what is he going to do? And she was like, oh my God, I don't know that I do. And I was like, you don't have to if you don't want to. And she's like, I know, like, I think I'd have to have a separate house. Like, and, and to think that that is like such a radical way to think, like, you know what I mean? Like she said when she was going through her divorce, people were like, oh, I'm so sorry. And she's like, sorry. Like I'm making a, like it was like this like pity party for her. And she was like, I'm actually not interested in your pity. Like we just have all these beliefs that like divorce is bad and uh, women need to be married. They can't be single. If there's, oh, that poor single woman at home. I'm like, this woman of my good friend of mine, she's living a life, you guys. Like (laughs) I just want to call it out a little bit, right? So I think again, it just comes back to like just support and care and non-judgment. I know that we're human beings are almost born to judge in a way and so it's it it is hard to really evaluate what non-judgment looks like but I think it's totally okay if like women don't want to get married and and there's this woman I follow on TikTok who cracks me up she has 
a husband, but they do not live in the same house. They actually live down the block from each other and they invite each other over and they have nights by themselves. And I'm like, I know you don't like that, but <laughs> I, I really like it. I think it's amazing. Like you get to do what you, you get to do what you want to do. Yeah. Isn't that incredible? Well, I mean, it's, I think that yeah. blows my something, mind. Something I want to just point out, like it's very clear that the, the, the weight you carry is the weight of feeling like you didn't get to do what you wanted to do. And so I, I want to make sure that when, we t when we're talking, when people are listening, they're holding the context of that. Because there's different problems that other people have that aren't that, right? That somebody probably feels like they could do anything, you know, they wanted to do. And now they want to just, like, figure out what the heck that is or something, right? There's, there's all kinds of different layers of this problem. So I, I don't know. I just want to bring awareness to that. Well, I also because think, do you, do you can, I call, can I call something out a little bit? Do you sit and do you? <laughs> we'll see after you say it. Yeah. yeah. Do you sit I'm the one in who comes the to the podcast completely unprepared. You guys, oh, we got you. We'll talk about something. Do you <laughs> Here sit we go. in the understanding that out of all the people on the planet, you being a successful white man means that you have been given the opportunity over everyone else on the planet to do whatever you want to do. Yeah, and I think that's like like think about encouraged. that for a second. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like when people would tell you like an authority figure in your life, no you can't do that. Society told you yes you could. And so I, it was funny. I was I was actually and I don't there's no shame in that. I think it's just we need to acknowledge that. And I actually acknowledge that I'm the next person in line to that privilege, right? as a white woman, like I'm, I'm the next person in line to that privilege. So I think it's important to understand that, yeah, we all come to the table with sort of different projections of society onto us and different permissions, mm -hmm. right? Like I was doing uh, this um, girl who does some babysitting for us. She's super sweet. I actually used to be her babysitter when she was little and now she's babysitting my kids. I don't know why I get such a kick out of that. Um, but I also, I'm like, wow, that time went by pretty quick. <laughs> um, she said, oh, she's a business major. And she said, I'm supposed to interview an entrepreneur. Can I interview you? And I was like, I'm an entrepreneur. Okay. <laughs> so I said, let me send you a voice memo with all the answers. And I sent them to her last night. And it was like, what was one of the biggest obstacles you had to overcome? And I said, this is going to sound silly. But me leaning into my natural ability to be a leader was the hardest thing I had to overcome. Because when I was little and when little girls my age or maybe even today in certain parts of, I mean, not in my house, but in, in other homes maybe, uh, when I was little, when I displayed leadership skills, I was called bossy. When little boys around me displayed leadership, they were like, oh, they're, look at this natural born leader. So anytime I tried to lead, I was labeled that. And so then put into the position that I am now, I'm like, that was my biggest mental obstacle to ever overcome. It was like, you are a natural born leader and it's absolutely okay that you're a female. You can absolutely do that. It was like in my mind that I couldn't do that. And so, I don't know, I just think it's important to acknowledge like all of these things that we're told really shape our ability to lean into who we are as a person, which is just wild. Yeah. And I want to say, and like, what a privilege for me to say, you get to do whatever you want because there are people in 2022 who still can't do what they want. Like I can I can break free of that mentally and then still do that, right? Yeah, still get Somebody stopped. else in a different position can break free from that mentally and still be stopped. Like at this point, I'm not gonna get a ton of, like there is gonna be some haters like, oh, this woman, who does she think she is, whatever. But there's a lot of other people who can break that mental barrier mental barrier in society just still stops them. And I just, it's, it's, it really breaks my heart to be honest with you. Cause what do you want for people? You want them just to be free to be themselves. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And yet we're all stuck in a society that says, no, if you don't fit into this box, then we're not going to accept you. Right. So how do we change that? This is where you come in, Nina. I don't, I don't. <laughs> oh, I'm I the expert now. I don't know how to answer. That. How do we change that? You you have a good you have um a, a uh, an unapologetic quality to you wow. that I appreciate that I learned a lot very from. Sweet of you to say. It's true. You there's a side of you that's very unapologetic. Like who cares? <laughs> I, I don't know if it's because you're an Aries or like if there's I, mean, I don't know. I'm not sure. Um, I definitely think that. I don't know. I had a really unique. I'm going to take it all the way back here. I had a really unique experience, and I think I've spoken about this on the podcast previously, but um, in like formative years, right? Like as children, we have experiences that shape us for a lifetime. And one of those experiences for me was like I was left basically alone on a large farm 
like with no adult to be like telling me what to do or where to be or what time or I was unschooled, right? I was taken out of school. I was put on a farm and I was allowed to like go forth and be. Yeah. And um, because there were no expectations on me in any type of way and I had no like outside voice telling me like, you can't dress like that. You look stupid or you can't do that thing. That's not what cool kids are doing. I was left to my own devices for no, you know, for lack of a better way of describing it. And in doing so, like that set me up with this platform or this foundation that really put me in a position to be like, I don't want to subscribe to that. And I remember mm. when I came back to school, because I was taken out of school for a year and some change and then put back into public school after that. And I'm actually a huge proponent of public school. I really believe in public school. But I was taken out of school and put back in. And when I came back in, I had gone, excuse me, I should, oh, I should rewind for a second. I had left school in fifth grade and come back in seventh grade. Oh, so like in junior high. Right, this is junior high. And so I came back to a school that had already been in session with the same kids that I had known from elementary school. Um, but I had left them for this, you know, puberty is a big time. And I had left them for part of that. And I came back in seventh grade and everyone was clicked up and everybody was hanging out. And I remember this mean girl in school. Um, she did something kind of harmful to one of the other students. And the girl came back from the bathroom and was like, who drew all over my notebook? Like, who did this? And I totally like tattled. <laughs> I was like, it was this girl. And the other girl came up to me and said, like, are you stupid? Like, what's wrong with you? Like, why would you tell on me? Like, I'm going to basically beat you up. And I was like, okay, I mean, you're welcome to do so, but I'm, I'm not gonna like meet you after school or whatever. And she was so shocked that I wasn't willing to like meet her after school to get my ass beat. I was like, no, that's weird. Why would I do that? And like, that was the beginning of a long life of me being like, why would I do that? Like, why would I meet you after school to beat me up? Like, that's what they do in the movies, but like, I'm not gonna go do that. You can hit me at break, like in front of the principal's office, but like, <laughs> I'm not available. <laughs> And that happened later in my life. Like I'd end up in situations where someone would be like, well, you're gonna have to do this thing because of what just happened. And I'd be like, why? Yeah, <laughs> and so you. that curiosity, I think, just comes from a place of growing up in a space where I didn't have someone else telling me what I should do. I just naturally responded to the things around me. And obviously- so you got to connect with yourself more. So for, you, you for heard it here time. first that the key is- Take your kids out of school. No, I'm just kidding. 18 month break on a farm. <laughs> yep, with That's goats only, no people. No, but you brought up something really important. I think this is the key to it is how often- does someone listening, whoever's listening, how often do you just take a break from everything and check in with yourself? Yeah, there's no right? one else to talk to but me. Yeah, and <laughs> so it's really interesting to think that when you never have the experience of just being alone and um, more autonomous in, in kind of what you're deciding to do with your time and your thoughts and everything, then um, you just kind of, kind of go the direction that everybody else is going. Yeah. But then you give it that break and you come back in and you're like, some of this is crazy. You know? Totally. It when takes you look a at it from tremendous the outside. amount of bravery to f to say nine out of ten people are doing this and I don't want to do that. Yeah. Like that is huge. It because you're that is like such a vulnerable position to be in to say like, no, I'm not participating in that. Yeah. Yeah. It is. But and most I, people are miserable. Right. So what we're saying is that people want to fit in with the misery. Right. And I, I don't oh. I, like I think that if we just step back and recognize that we want to feel like we belong. So we make decisions based on what everyone else is doing. And then the reward is we're miserable. Right. Like, why? <laughs> why would we do that? Well, right? I mean, I think you're just basically saying that our idea of what it means to connect and belong is predicated on this, this, this and this. But the real, true, authentic way to connect and belong is actually through support, non-judgment, vulnerability, all the things that we're afraid of and all the things that we don't do. It's like all the other ways that we've been trained to connect and fit in are ways that are really not authentic to self, which will actually never create true, authentic connection. So if you're actually looking to truly connect with other human beings, then you need to uh, be okay with being vulnerable, be okay with being who you are, uh, try to approach the world as best as you can from a non-judgmental space so that you can offer non-judgment to yourself and to other. Like those are the real cat, those are the real ways that we actually connect and belong. And who was that woman we were watching yesterday? I want to look her up. She, um, she was talking about like what some of the factors were to, oh, Wendy Suzuki. She was talking mm. about they did like these long-term studies on uh, longevity and they thought, okay, exercises, movement's going to be the number one thing, right? It, they, she said it was up there. I think it was in the top three. So don't, don't panic. Um, <laughs> but the number one thing was connection with community. Mm. What, I mean, what's not wild? That's how human beings are. It's not are. wild. I think a lot of people feel like really alone. 
out there. And I think that you nailed something really important there. And this is something that, that I kind of experienced in a meditation a while back that I, I was just, sometimes when you're in a meditation, you have these thoughts or these kind of things creep in and you go, wow, that, that feels really real to me, like a really solid piece of wisdom. And something that happened to me was just that you can only give others what you can offer yourself. And so when you're sitting there going like, how come you know I'm not getting the connection I need from others? It's not because others aren't connected to you. It's because you're not connected to you. Absolutely. And you have to start with taking space to figure out who you are. What do you want? What do you want your life to look like? Like, how can you be comfortable with you? And once you're comfortable with you and you're in the world, that changes the way that you present yourself. And then other people who are comfortable with themselves show up. And then you find a deeper level of connection because you have a deep person connecting with a deep person in a deep and meaningful way versus on the surface level, right? Like well, we I've, talked about this last week. Remember when I was like, you get to say no. And the close people in your life who can't accept boundaries yeah. probably shouldn't be close to you anyway. Like last night we were supposed to go to dinner with a good friend and I was exhausted. I said, I, I can't do that today. And I the old pattern came in like, oh, well, you said you would, and he's going to be upset. And and then the new pattern said, nope, you're going to say it anyway. So I texted him, and I just said, I'm so sorry. I'm really exhausted. I don't think I can do dinner tonight. And he was like, no problem. Totally get it. Have a, I'll see you next week. Like, it, because he, <laughs> he, he cares about me, and he is a safe person for me to make deep connection with. And so, therefore, I just get to, like, have boundaries and be myself and say what I want and say what I need and be received in that. And if you're surrounded with people in your life who can't offer you that, unfortunately, it's time to take a look of, around. And I remember like, one time we were together at, uh, at your house and I had to go somewhere, like, at 5. And I was like, oh, I really don't want to go. And you're like, well, what is it? And I'm like, oh, it's this thing I paid, like, you know, $50 to go to, whatever. It's like a workshop. And you were like, but you don't want to go. And I'm like, no, I really don't want to go. I'm super tired. I'd rather just do something else. And you're like, so you're going to pay money to go be miserable. <laughs> and I was like, you know, when you put it that way, yeah, no, I'm not going to go. <laughs> like, I'm just going to let that $50 go. Because for me, I think I, you know, that was a decent, you know, money, whatever. I didn't want to spend money on something I didn't do. Yeah. And then you're like, why, though? Like, it, the money wasn't worth the, like, difference of, no, I, I want to meet my own needs today. And those meet needs are to take rest, to take space, to take whatever I needed. And it was so funny. You were like, why would you do that? And it was such a great thing to be asked because I'm like oh when you put it that way I don't want to do that yeah no I think we have to it's okay to rest too I'm gonna plug my new book I just started reading my naturopath actually recommended it to me she's incredible she was like oh you would love this book it's called rest is resistance mm. I've never heard a description of a book that felt more suited to you <laughs> in my entire life no this woman triple her Taurus name is uh, Teresa yeah her name is well I'm actually a double Taurus oh uh, well you should be a triple I know um, her name is Trisha uh, Hershey. She has this uh, com this organization called the Nat Ministry, right. and she's all about like standing up for you know capitalism and white supremacy. And like she believes that one of the most powerful ways we can do that is through rest and saying no, I'm not participating in that anymore. Yeah. I'm in a rest. And you and meant standing up yeah, against. Say. You said standing up for. for. So let's uh, let's uh, let the record yeah. state the internet <laughs> is a scary place. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I haven't. Did I finish the coffee? I did finish the coffee. Yeah. Against. We're, we're on the same she page. She is standing up against. Very strongly. Very strongly. Capitalism and white supremacy. And she believes that a really powerful way to do that is to say, I'm going to rest. And you can't make me, you know, work that much or do that much or participate that much. Like, I'm going to. I can't speak too much of the book. I just started it. But, like, right when I read the inside cover, I went, oh. <gasps> This woman's incredible. So I'll report back. But so far, 10 out of 10, highly recommend. Take Man, I thought nap. I was the first one who was going to get canceled on this podcast. Oh, oh we knew God. you weren't. <laughs> because you know what? I said this before. When we made the product and when we were talking about movement and feeling better and giving people really practical tools uh, through movement that could help them connect with their body and feel better, I was like, that is a real safe bet and I'm here for it. And there's another side of this. We have to talk about weight loss culture, fad diets, uh, societal expectation, oppression of women, um, other oppressed groups. Like we have to bring those things up. And you were like, oh, we do. And I was like, oh, yeah, we do. And then I went, shit, everyone's going to like you. and Everyone's not going to like me. And I just had to, I'm okay with that. At this point, I don't know if this is a good time, Connor, to read. We Con like you. It's okay. I, I, to be honest with you, I'm getting better at not caring. It's not, I'm a human, so I care again, a little what bit. Because again, what's most important? 
like you. I actually am. That's what's most I, important. I, I do really feel like a year or two ago, I wouldn't have been able to do this yeah. at all. I would have been paralyzed with negative feedback and criticism and my ego couldn't have handled it. And now I can go, okay, we had this following of people before that were here for exercise. And now we're actually talking about kind of what we think is more rooted stuff that's related to the exercise that no one's totally talking about. And um, I just think that it's necessary. I, I feel called to do that, and I'm just going to do it. And so along that way, in the beginning of this transition, or not transition, but addition, I realized that our audience, our current audience, may not like this. And so what I'd like to do is say, that's okay. Um, I will eventually find the people who are interested in hearing this because some of the things that we talk about and some of the things that we share and some of the vulnerability we express here will be meeting someone in a space where they need to hear that and giving somebody else permission to say, okay, I got to stop these things and I got to evaluate what I need and what I want and will bring somebody less suffering in this world. So it's okay if our current audience isn't 100% on board. I know that there is an audience for this. This is why I want to do this. So we're just going to... We're just gonna weather the storm. Yeah, and I don't, the think, reaction. I don't think there's even a storm. I don't, he's just like, oh well, you haven't. Connor no, has some. No, I know. Fun there's comments. some. There's some comments that people make on this stuff. But at the end of the day, I think that the reality is, you know, we shape is a company who's trying to help people feel better in their bodies and about their bodies, and it does require us to have a bigger conversation. And some people just want to show up and do some movements to make their shoulder feel better or their back feel better, and that's fine. That's fine. Like that's totally fine. We want you just to feel better. And some people are going to show up and they're going to have, you know, 25 failed diets under their belt and three decades worth of self-judgment and feeling miserable about themselves. And they're going to hear these podcasts and they're going to join the calls and they're going to come into the community and they're going to love being a part of a community where someone's not focused on changing the way you look so that you can get acceptance outside of yourself. And instead we're focused on saying, hey, love yourself as you are and show up for your workouts out of self-love rather than self-judgment. So I, it's, I think it's such a necessary thing. And to me, it's just, it's just a big, big spectrum, right? Like what do you, what do you need well, to feel better about yourself and, and in your body? Well, this is what we talked about last week because um, Carly, our, our uh, uh, person who runs all the ops for the company, she was like, I really need your like, you know, when the user's coming in, like I need to communicate to the company, what is our process here at WeShape? And I'm like, I know I've been sitting on this for months. I'll get it to you this week. So I finally, I finally was able to kind of like really marinate in it. And I feel like we're offering people like a four step process. Which Are you going to talk about the steps? I'm going to talk about the Can steps. Can I just say something really quick? Yeah. Katie's one of her special superpowers. One of her many special superpowers is naming stuff <laughs> i love naming oh things. you're so good at naming stuff and that's one of my ever deficiencies needs me to name like a pet or a per yeah. like one of their child i'm available Email us. Yeah. Yeah. yeah um no but i i really did want to sit with it and i sat with it for a long time we implemented our our systems and processes months ago and she was like when are you gonna give me this and i'm like i'm ready i've been marinating and meditating on this for a long time but i'd love for people to come into we shape and understand four different things uh one i'm calling it attention to your intention right? Like I really believe intention is everything and you really need to understand your why. Uh, the second one is improvement through movement. So, so much of like physical pain, even psychological or emotional pain can be improved through movement. Like scientifically speaking, we know that. And the movement and the products that we offer, the product that we offer through movement here is rooted in biomechanics. So like how your body is supposed to move. It's like functional movement patterns. So yeah. improvement through movement. And the third one is community is opportunity. I think people really underestimate and undervalue the um, experience of connecting with somebody else who's experiencing something similar, right? So you can really feel held in a way you don't even understand until you experience that. And then the fourth one was liberation through education. So I really think of education as like a key to a cage. And when you can open your, you can't actually be educated though without opening your mind. So opening your mind and being open to a new way and to new belief systems and to new thoughts, I believe is like a key to a cage where you can be kind of out, get out. I've been calling it to our team like a get out of jail free card. And so I want to, you know, communicate to the community of WeShape that if you're stuck, 
just revisit one of those four things. Like when yeah. you come in, I want you to focus on your intention and then try one of the workouts and then join one of our community calls and then listen to our podcast or recommended readings. But like at any point through your journey, you can make big shifts if you're stuck. I think that's what a lot of the human experience is is sort of getting unstuck in things, right? I don't believe in pushing things down and not addressing things and covering up your emotions and not being vulnerable. But I also think that there's a period of time where we can get stuck in something that no longer serves us. And the only way out of that is self-acknowledgement. And so what I want WeShape to do is to offer people tools to get a little bit unstuck. Yeah. And I think that focusing on your intention and moving your body and connecting with community and educating yourself are the pillars for making that happen. You know, it's really, I can't prove this at all, but I think there's a lot of synergy at play there as well. I mean, clearly when you feel supported by a community, you feel connected, it makes you feel happier, it makes you feel like you wanna show up for those things. Um, but as you said, you know, liberation through education and, uh, and uh, moving your body. How do those two things relate? And to me, that's why I've always loved fitness because we all eat, right? So when we change our diet, we're just still eating. We're just kind of showing up differently, most of the time out of self-judgment, not out of like, you know, trying to care for ourselves. But when you add movement into your life and when it's very intentional, like you're trying to connect with how your body feels and how it's supposed to function, um, not only do you feel better in your body and you, you build strength and balance and coordination and all this stuff, but you're rewiring your brain. And when you rewire your brain, you're expanding the possibilities of how you learn things. Like so much of our early childhood movement practice is developing our brain structure, right? The moment a baby is born and they lift their head, then they roll over, then they press up, then they crawl, then they walk. All of that's required to develop the way that the brain functions as well. The more sophisticated the motor patterns, the more ways we can connect ideas and concepts together inside of our brains. And so to me, I feel like it's just a, it's, it's one of these things I think that over time people are going to recognize how important this is and they're all going to want to get up and start really moving more intentionally in their lives. So I don't know, kudos to you. I love the names. And I think that there's so much synergy to be had there for people to really find a way to just go back to something and reconnect with it. It's so important. Yeah, I love it. Well, I don't know. I, I, I believe that those are the things that if people get stuck, we can revisit one of those things and can help get a little unstuck. So hopefully it resonates with the community. And sorry, Carly, it took me six months to give you that information. But I need, to, wait. I need to sit on these things. I cannot make decisions overnight about things that hold a lot of meaning for me. So it takes me a little bit of time but I eventually come around and, and sort it out. So yeah, our community is expanding. Our mission is expanding. And so, you know, the audience that we once had, some of them will be very excited about this shift because it's, it's, it is expansive and offers a lot more. And some of them will be uh, nervous to, uh, you know, make a change or look at something from a different way. And that's okay. And I know earlier when we were doing the pre-production for this, we were saying, oh, maybe we'll read some of the negative comments and answer some of the things that people are saying. And you were like, I just, I don't, I can't understand how people can, I'm like, well, you know, behind a computer, first of all, it's easier to just really like, you know, to somebody. But I really have a belief that my first reaction is always a little knee jerky. Like, oh, I can't believe. And then I sit with it for a minute and I go, you know, happy people, satisfied people do not act that way. And so I can have a reaction and I can have a justified reaction to a comment, a mean comment. But I also can move into more empathy because, and sympathy, because um, there's likely some suffering that's going on on the inside and that's how it's being expressed on the outside. And that's actually really sad. So I, I am a believer, like putting good out there and you know, we're not perfect. And maybe someone was grumpy one night and made a comment. And then the next day, they're like, oh, I was mean. I shouldn't have said that. Like, I just want to give grace to being a human. It is what we, it is. We all make mistakes every day, right? And I think that that's one of the things is we're like so afraid from the ramifications of those mistakes that we don't, we don't end up connecting with ourselves and being authentic. And then we just kind of narrow our box more and more until we've built our own prison. And it's like, how do we not feel afraid to show up authentically knowing that mistakes are certain, right? Failure is certain, right? And the only thing that keeps you um, held back from becoming the best version of yourself is identifying yourself as a failure. It's not the failing. The failing's gonna happen either way, 
right? It's saying, it's I'm a failure. <laughs> and then going, woo, and retreating and you're making your box smaller. But if you just accept the reality that you're going to get kicked while you're down over and over again in life, and that's just a part of the process. And what, what I think that we all need to recognize is it's when we get kicked when we're down or when we feel lousy or somebody says something about us, it's the process by which we can pull ourselves from that negative state back into a positive state maybe recognizing empathy for whatever that person's circumstance is. It's the, it's the practice of doing that over and over again consistently that allows us to then shorten that process. When we shorten that process, all of a sudden we can live a much more joyful life, right? Because something negative happens to us and we give ourselves a little bit of space for it. We connect with ourselves. We move through it. We come back to being in the state we want to be in, not in the state that we're forced to be in. Or we think I mean, I think a lot of our life is just holding up a narrative so that the people on the outside of us looking at us can be satisfied. But that is a really unsatisfying way to live. And when you can sort of like break down those walls and have an open mind and explore new ideas and beliefs and concepts, I really do believe it's a very liberating experience. Like, for example, I'm going to share what's recently happened with us, um, which is Tyler and I had specific investment goals for WeShape. Um, it's a really rocky market to get investors. And um, our CFO came to us. I This was one of the podcasts a few weeks ago that I broke down on and said, what are you guys going to do? Because you didn't meet your investment goals. And I said, okay, I'm going to sell. I have, th I have this house that I bought. I don't know how many years ago we bought it. Ten years ago. Uh, nine years ago. It was a house that was in my family. It was a small little house, but it meant a lot to my family. And I told my parents and my uncle who I bought it from that I would never sell it. That I just wanted to buy it from them and renovate it and kind of make that my primary residence. Well, then I got pregnant while we were in the middle of the remodel. And the house is very tiny, right? It's like under a thousand square feet. It was like, two, it, it's livable. You could absolutely live there with two kids, but I knew that we probably weren't going to live there. So we ended up keeping the house, but getting a different house. So I've had this house. It has some sentimental value. Um, but I said, I think I'm, I'm going to have to sell that house. And our CFO said, what? I believed he actually called me delusional in the meeting. So if you're listening, Mike, I <laughs> thank you. Um, I understand <laughs> it's your job. It's your job. Um, but I said, no, I am going to sell it. And he said, what? And like, it was really interesting to watch the reaction of other when I chose to make that decision. Because actually, I didn't tell him I would sell it right away. I said, I want to sit on it for a couple days. I'll get back to you. Gosh, my phone keeps ringing. I hope it's not the school. Weird. Anyway, it always worries me when my phone rings and it's random numbers. Um, anyway, sorry for the sidetrack. So I sat with it and I thought, why don't you want to sell it? Let's go there first. And all the reasons I come up came up with were feeding my ego. We're feeding other people's um, perspective of what they wanted for me. Like, my parents don't want you to sell it. And you promise them in tradition. And, um, you know, you, you're, oh, something must be wrong with you because something's really going wrong in your life. You're having to sell a property. Like, and so I just said, okay, that, that's my ego trying to survive. But why do I want to sell it? And I'm like, I want to sell it because I deeply believe in the mission that we have here. We didn't meet our investment goals. Fine. I have this. I'm, I'm feeling actually tremendous gratitude that I have the option to sell this mm -hmm. rather than regret or failure, right? I, I, I knew that people would want me to feel like a sense of failure. And for some reason, I can't feel failure around it. And so it is interesting. So I called our agent and I said, okay, I'm gonna sell the house. He said, okay. He said, are you sure? Because the minute I put it on the market, it's gonna go quick. And I said, yeah, I'm sure. And um, so he put multiple for sale signs. It was gone in three days. And I remember thinking, and, oh, and then the text messages started coming in from people. <gasps> I drove by your property. It's for sale. What's wrong? Is everything okay? And I said, everything's great. I said, Tyler and I had to make a difficult decision. We didn't meet our investment goals. We, we, we hit a rock and a hard place. And I made a decision to sell the house because I deeply believe in what we're doing. And they and so I said, you know, so it's actually all good on our end. I just I this is more important to me. And of course everyone who reached out were like like friends, so they were super supportive. But it's kinda like my friend with a divorce, like, oh, we're so sorry. I'm yeah. like, I'm not sorry. Like I know that the narrative that people want me to hold up around that is like you failed to meet your investment goals and now you have to sign sell your house and what a failure. And I'm like, 
you let your family down. And I'm like, I'm sorry for that. I did call my dad and uncle and asked them and told them. I didn't just like, you know, rip the rug out from them. They were supportive. Um, they, you know, they didn't want me to, but they were like, we totally get it. And we're supportive of your dreams. So you do what you need to do. But it's just like, it's that example, right? It's like perception is everything. I could have attached to that failure. I could have held up a, okay, yeah, you can put it on the market, but don't put the for sale sign out because then people will, it's like, no, this is what's happening. And anyone can perceive that situation however they want, but I get to choose how I perceive it. And me choosing to assign failure to that is, is literally making a choice to suffer. So I just won't do it. And we've had hard moments with it. it was, we signed the papers yesterday to say goodbye. Yeah. The movers were there this morning. It was hard. It was it was sad to see that little place go. We brought Macy home from the hospital there. We built a lot of memories. I literally hand designed every single thing in that house. Um, it was like the most like health, low EMF, eco, environmentally <laughs> friendly, like as off the grid as you can get, right? And it was a special little place. And I'm super grateful for the people who get to enjoy special memories there. And I'm so incredibly grateful that I had the privilege to have the house in the first place because I got to sell it so that I could keep doing this. So again, it's just an example of like society really wants me to be called a failure for that. And I just like won't accept it. I just won't. Just as a side note on this experience, I think that most people in society have a scorecard in their mind right? This is what the scorecard of my achievement is. And if I get achievement, I'll feel validated. I had that scorecard for a long time and it was my bank account and my success and my achievement and all this stuff. Right. And, um, for anybody out there who's feeling, you know, like, Oh, I could do more and achieve more and make more money and stuff like that. I'll just be the first person over and over again to tell you, this is not going to make you any happier, especially if you don't derive meaning from the work that gets you there. And, you know, I think that when people commented on the house and said, you know, oh my gosh, are you guys everything okay? It's like, all I wanted to do is be like, never been better. You know, it doesn't mean it doesn't hurt. doesn't mean it doesn't stain because there's sentimental value there. But um, to really be able to do something that you absolutely love, that you know is changing people's lives. You know, when I get on a call with the community and I see somebody go from, there was a lady who, um, came to a call a while back and she was having a hard time with uh, negative self-talk. And she was like, I just look in the mirror and I can't find anything positive about myself. And I just looked at her and I was like, you got a great smile. Maybe you should start there. And she smiled and she's like, okay, thank you. And then like a month later, I see her on another call and she's glowing. She's like, she gave herself permission to like herself, right? Like for us to be able to do that work, and do it in a really meaningful way, like I'll trade anything for that, you know? Because my scorecard is not how much, how much money I'm gonna get from it, you know? It's how much impact I feel I can make on others really connecting with themselves and um, showing up for themselves, you yeah. know? And I'll just say, I know that the people who were texting me were doing it out of love and concern. Sure. And I know that they didn't want me to attach to that feeling of failure. I know that wasn't their intention, but I know that it would be uh, socially acceptable for me to feel like a failure around that. And I just won't. And I just don't. And again, it doesn't mean that like hard feelings haven't come in. In fact, when they start to come in, I'm like, just let it happen. Don't store that shit in your body. Like, let it come out. Let it do what it needs to do because it's part of the process. It's not one or the other. Um, but I'm grateful, honestly, at the end of the day. And I know my ego had to die a little death in that. And our part of my ego did anyway. I don't know if we ever really get rid of that. That protector. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But it's okay. Like, it really is okay. And there was a lot of release that happened for me being able to have it really put in my face like that. Like, how much do you care about this? And I was like, whoa, I'm really having to be faced with this, you know, because it's easy to care about something when it's going well. Uh, You have to really look in the mirror when when you have to make hard decisions. But, you know, I'm even thinking about this. Like, I think that we're not going to read the comments, Connor. I just don't think we need to. I feel like, why do I want to give people a platform to hate on us? Can, can I say one thing, just going back to that before the comments thing? Um, you know, the first thing you said in the process that we want people to go through is attention to intention. And I know you believe this really like serves as the foundation for everything. But to me, that made such a huge difference on the reason why I wake up and come to work and try to build this amazing product in this amazing community it's because that intention shifted, right? It's no longer like, what's in it for me? What am I gonna get from this? 
It's like, let's just see if we can show up and get one person to do something to feel better about their body and, and in their body, you know? And I think that, um, a lot of people go to work and don't find very much meaning in it. And then they go home and they don't find very much meaning in it. And they kind of hide away from that. Um, maybe it's by eating or, or watching TV or something like that. And I think that it's really important for all of us to sit back and go, you know, how can I contribute to a, a better place to live? How can I use my pain that I've overcome, my experiences that I've overcome to help others uh, overcome their pain and experiences? And um, I, I think it, you know, it starts with you, right? Taking care of yourself and then showing others how to take care of themselves. And uh, I don't know, I just felt, I feel, I feel like obliged to tell people like, it's okay to give yourself permission to check in with yourself and say, what do I really wanna do? Who do I really wanna be? Who do I wanna serve? How do I wanna show up? And ask well, those and when you questions. think about when you say like in the past when you felt like your success financially, um, like that was your goalpost, that was your measure for worth, when you really dissect that, that just comes from fear and insecurity yeah. and value and like that and is And society such a, telling us that that's what's important. I hear you. you know? And I think that part of the reason I, you know, was able to just kind of, okay, I'm going to move in this direction and make the decision to sell this family home was, um, you know, you have to have a certain level of trust in things. Like not everything is in our control. And there are bigger workings that are happening beyond our ability to, we can't, if we think that we can control everything, that's just a wild thought process. It's just not possible. Um, And so trusting in, I will be taken care of and I am safe is, is a practice that can allow for those other things. You know what I mean? So that way you're not so much coming from that space of I, I need to have the biggest bank account. Like when I was answering those questions for that college student last night, one of the questions was, what would you tell uh, a, like a, a new entrepreneur who was looking to, to embark upon a business plan? And I was like, pick something that you care about. Super deep. Because yeah. if you pick something that you think will just give you the most money, you'll go through all the pain and struggle of the whole thing, and then you'll get the money, and then you'll go, oh, no, why don't I feel as good as I thought I would? So if you could just like, if you want to learn a lesson, just bypass that. Pick something you actually care about. And then when you do that, you can actually trust a little bit more. Like, I trust that I'm going to be taken care of, right? Like, the definition of what that means might not be exactly what I want, but I am going to have to surrender a little bit and say, okay, I'm going to I'm gonna trust in this process a little bit. And it's going to unfold in a way that will be surprising to me, but I can't pretend like I'm going to know what's going to happen. I have to, like, really surrender in a lot of ways. So... You, you just said something, though. I just keep going back to this intention thing. Like, we ask our people to show up with their intention, their why, why they're doing this. Um, and if you say something superficial that society has taught you is what your goalpost is, you're going to get there, maybe, and you're going to feel lousy still. And it's only the things that really, really deeply matter that, A, give you that intrinsic motivation, that desire to push forward and succeed, like, no matter what. Um, as well as the satisfaction like during the journey and even throughout the entire journey. Because people think that you're going to get somewhere and you're going to feel better. Good luck with that thought process. You're going to be very disappointed. It's like, how do you enjoy the process of getting there? Well, and also, I don't want you to paint a picture like because we went more mission-driven and we're trying to have more impact and we uh, weren't so worried about the financial like. There's still a lot of hard stuff. I think what it is is a, yeah. is a commitment to the growth and the opportunity for self-reflection and the opportunity for mistakes and the understanding that challenges are going to come and you have to believe in yourself to be able to overcome those challenges. Like that's what it is. Like if you think that the challenges are going to stop because you decided to love yourself, no, 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 no. <laughs> the challenges are still going to come. You're just going to have a a better um, there will be a little bit of ease in the struggle, I think, if you can connect with self and come from that place. But the challenges won't go away. So I think we no, should be they, really, yeah, I think we don't. should be really clear. This isn't about like, well, great, you just love yourself and then the world is just easy, right? So I don't know. I think that's but, important to but mention. Here, there's where I'm going to challenge you though, right? Is, is um, the challenges don't go away. But it's our perception about what those challenges mean to us that changes. 
And if our perception changes from, ah, which is, I've been there more times than I can count, to a little this bit more. This morning you were there. Yeah. A little bit more <laughs> faith, a little bit more patience, a little bit more, um, uh, you know, trust, then I think that the experience doesn't feel as that's what I mean. Scary. It's it's providing a little bit of ease. Yeah. But I don't want to paint a picture that it goes away. No. Yeah. Just your capacity. Are, are to you handle looking it at what away. I what I'm looking at? Do you want me to get the yeah, spider I, I would that's like been dangling to, from? Is this a spider like, on me? Yeah. You looked at it for like two minutes, Tyler. <laughs> I feel very upset. I didn't want to interrupt the pod. We were talking about demeaningful stuff, and there's a spider crawling on Nina's headphones. <laughs> I no. I was like, I told Connor earlier. I was like, it's okay if we're like a little bit messy on this podcast. Like, I'm okay to, like... Stop is the, the spider next time. Yeah, there's a spider. The school's calling me. Like, that's life is happening around us. So yeah. well, I just have to practice acceptance around the spider. <laughs> you are not a failure just because that spider was crawling on your headphones. You are not a failure as a friend just because you didn't help me get the spider off earlier. Oh, don't worry. I was watching it. It was, it was just like a skin landing. I was going to give you a <laughs> real quick. You know? But okay, well, I have the heebie-jeebies now. Yeah, rule of thumb moving forward. If there's a spider on someone's body during the podcast, it's okay if we stop for a Hard moment. Hard stop. But anyway, I feel like we're it's okay. a good time to segue out. Anyway, although we Love should- Love yourself. Help your friends when they have spiders crawling on them. Spiders. The morals of the day, right? But I think we should tell people how to get in touch with us. Okay. Well, you is can't it? get in touch with me even if you have my phone number. So <laughs> yeah, don't I, I can't Tyler. help you guys Refer to episode three for more <laughs> details about that. Um, I think it's podcast at weshape.com. Absolutely. And obviously we're on the so all the social channels. All the socials. All the socials. Um, but yeah, if you want to send us an email, podcast at weshape.com. We'd love to hear from you. If you send us a hater email, I, I am okay to read some of them because maybe I could learn. But like today, I decided we're not going to, I know we might have read some of them and I was like, eh, I don't really feel like giving the energy, but um, we'd love to hear from you if you, if you want to send us an email. So we'll, do we have a guest next week? We do. We do. <gasps> we do. Oh my gosh. We have Dr. Pig coming. Is that next week? Oh, I think we have, we, I think we're recording two podcasts next we week. Do so have two, two guests next week. next week. We have the challenge winner and we have Dr. Pig. Yes. Oh yes. It's I'm gonna so be good excited. Ones. Good ones. Okay, cool. Well, you guys are definitely going to want to listen to the next two episodes coming up. I The uh, challenge winner, her name is Sarah, right? She's joining uh, from uh, Portland. And then Dr. Peg, she does incredible work that we're going to talk about. She's amazing. I'm going to let her explain it because I will mess it up. So <laughs> um, anyway, thanks, you guys, for joining. We'll see you next time. Bye. Have a good one. Thank you so much for listening, and we hope you enjoyed today's show. Now, before you go, it would mean a lot to us if you could take a moment right now to subscribe to the podcast and then leave us a review. This helps spread the word so more people can feel lighter by shedding one belief at a time. Also, we want to hear from you. So if this episode impacted you or you have any questions that you think would be great for us or any of our future guests, please feel free to email us at podcast at weshape.com. And finally, if you want to try WeShape's different approach to health and fitness, remember that right now you can sign up for WeShape's Feel Good Challenge and get access to everything WeShape has to offer for free. Just click the link in our podcast description or go to weshape.com challenge to sign up.